If you have your Bibles, would you turn with me this morning to Joshua chapter 10? It's Joshua chapter 10 as we continue our series of messages from the book of Joshua. And our series, as you can see on the screen, has been entitled Stepping into a New Day. Stepping into a New Day. And today we're in Joshua chapter 10. I'm going to read from verses 7 through 14, if I may, for you. It's Joshua 10, verses 7 through 14. And so the Bible says, So Joshua went up from Gilgal, he and all the people of war with him, and all the mighty men of valor. And the Lord said to Joshua, Do not fear them, for I have given them into your hands. Not a man of them shall stand before you. So Joshua came upon them suddenly, having marched up all night from Gilgal. And the Lord threw them into a panic before Israel, who struck them with a great blow at Gibeon and chased them by the way of the ascent of Beth Haran and struck them as far as Ezekah and Mekedah. And as they fled before Israel, while they were going down the ascent of Beth Haran, the Lord threw down large stones from heaven on them as far as Ezekah, and they died. There were more who died because of the hailstones than the sons of men, sons of Israel, killed with the sword. And at that time, Joshua spoke to the Lord in the day when the Lord gave the Amorites over to the sons of Israel and said, In the sight of Israel, sun, stand still at Gibeon and moon in the valley of Ajalon. And the sun stood still and the moon stopped until the nation took vengeance on their enemies. For is it not written in the book of Jashar? The sun stopped in the midst of heaven and did not hurry to sit about for a whole day. There has been no day like it before or since when the Lord heeded the voice of man, of a man. For the Lord fought for Israel. For the Lord fought for Israel. And today our message is entitled, Stepping into your new day with God on your side. Stepping into your new day with God on your side. Let's take a moment to ask the Lord's blessing on his word. And so God, we do... Come this morning with open ears and open hearts, praying that your spirit would speak to us exactly what we need to learn and understand today. So bless the preaching and the hearing of your word to us this morning. And in Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, you know, before I get into our message this morning, I just want to say something. I guess uh, Jesse, Jesse is in the nursery there. And my grandson, Jesse, is here with us. Oh, and my son, Jonathan, and, and his wife, Danielle, as well. You know, and, uh, and, and, and the thing is, Je uh, Jesse is 15 months old now, and he's running around. And he had an, an announcement he wanted to make, but he's in the nursery. So I guess I'll have to make it for him. Well, Danielle is pregnant with another grandson for grandma and grandpa. So we're very excited. We're going to have two grandsons now. And, um, yeah, and Jesse's going to be a big brother. So that's, yeah. So I'm sorry, Jesse. I stole his thunder. Right, right. But he doesn't talk yet anyway. I mean, you know, he, he, he communicates, but he doesn't talk yet. At least not English. Okay, I don't know what the language is. So anyway, that, that's the Harris news for the day. Hope that's okay. I interjected that for you today. Okay. 
All right, let's get back to our message. Stepping into your new day with God on your side. And, you know, as we've been looking into the book of Joshua and talking about stepping into our new day, we've seen that it has never been God's intent for us to live our lives just wandering in the desert of this world, just living our lives, walking around in circles uh, with no fruit, no purpose. But rather, God has for each of us a land that is a place of purpose, of fruitfulness and blessing. He wants us to know the abundant life. He wants us to to know the spirit-filled life and to live out the good works that he's planned for us even ahead of time. For he has promised to lead us into a new day wherein we might be able to say that, yes, old things have passed away and all things have become new. And I trust that's a reality in your life today. And so thus far in our study in the book of Joshua, we've seen how God God led his people into the land he promised to them, he prepared for them. We've seen how God has helped them as they trusted him, as as they followed him, as they obeyed him, how God has begun to bring them into their new day. And when we come to Joshua chapter 10, we read here that Israel's armies have gotten, excuse me, Israel's enemies have gotten very nervous concerning this people that have been moving in and taking over what they naturally considered to be their land. To make matters worse, they just learned, as we looked at a few weeks ago, but they just learned that the Gibeonites have made a treaty with the Israelites. And thus we read here that five kings come together with their armies to launch an all-out offensive against Israel. I mean, think of it, if you will, five armies coming against one. In the natural, the odds were obviously against Israel. It was one thing you see for Israel to defeat one city's army like Ai or Jericho. But now five nations have come against them. There seemed to be little chance that Israel could win this battle. On the surface, it looked like doomsday had arrived arrived for Israel, that it would be the end of their advance into the promised land. And yet, on the other hand, there was a great difference between Israel and those who were coming against them. For you see, listen to me this morning, as the Israelites were stepping into their new day, into the land that God had promised them, they were doing so with God on their side. That is, the God of heaven and earth was with them. The creator God was with them. The God who had freed them from slavery in Egypt. The God who had rolled back the waters of the Red Sea and the Jordan. The God who had miraculously provided for them manna and quail and water in the desert. The God who had worked miracle after miracle on their behalf. That God was with them. Yahweh God was with them. And thus with God on their side, they could not lose. They could not lose. After all, it was this God, Yahweh, who said to Joshua right at the start of their journey into their new day, Joshua 1.5, he said, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. For as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Let me ask you, have you ever needed someone to come by your side? Someone to come and maybe rescue you a little bit, right? I remember, you know what, like growing up, especially like late elementary school into back then it was junior high school, now it's middle school, right? But I was the kid who, I guess I hate to say, I was the kid who was bullied, right? Because I was like small, thin, I wasn't that athletic, 
right? Right? And so I was the kid who could get, like, bumped around and pushed around and so forth. And I, re I remember one time, I guess I was in seventh grade, new to junior high school, and this was a whole new experience, a big school. Junior high then was seventh, eighth, and ninth grade. And I remember being out in the schoolyard on a lunch break, and, and, and I happened to bump into a ninth grader. I bumped into a ninth grader. And I'm like, I'm sorry. And he, like, gave me the look, and he pushed me off, right? And you know, and I could hear in the background murmuring of his friends, you know, so you're going to let that guy like bump you like that and this and that, you know, I'm like, you know, so, you know, so I went into the school after a bit. And next thing I know, this kid comes behind me and jumps me in the hallway and he's got me down on the ground. And there was no way in the world I was going to get this kid off me. There was no way in the world I was going to save my face from being like pummeled. You know, but suddenly, I'm telling you, he was a big guy. I mean, tall, big ninth grade guy. His name was Nevin. I never, I, I, I don't remember ever meeting Nevin. <laughs> he came along. He ripped that kid off of me. And he's like, you leave him alone and get out of here. I'll beat you all up, right? And next thing I know, he's gone. The friends are gone. And he pulls me up and he says, go on with your day. I mean, thank God for Nevin. I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for Nevin. You know, sometimes you need someone to come by your side, don't you? You need someone to come along and rescue you. I want to tell us this morning as we look at Joshua 10, we are reminded that as we seek to step into the life God has for us, there will be many obstacles to overcome, even an enemy to be defeated. The Christian life is not one of ease and comfort. If someone told you, give your life to Jesus, everything's going to go great, sorry. As we move into the life God has for us, we will face all kinds of challenges, even some battles. At times, we might feel overwhelmed. It just might seem like the odds are against us. But we're reminded today that in the midst of it all, in the midst of all the problems that life can bring our way, we have a great God who has promised to stand with us through all things, to help us and rescue us. He's a God who's on our side. Can you say amen? And in this chapter, we find out what that looks like. When we step into our new day in the face of all kinds of trouble with God on our side. I want us to see three things this morning. For one, with God on our side, prayers are answered. Prayers are answered. That is, God will hear us and answer us when we pray. We read in verse 12 of this chapter that at that time, Joshua spoke to the Lord. What was he doing? He was praying. And then verse 14 says, there's never been a day like it before or since, a day when the Lord listened to a man. The thought behind verse 14 is that there had never been a time when God paid so much attention to the prayers of a man, when God was so keenly interested in what a man had to say, when God responded in such a way to the prayers of a man. But listen, it wasn't as if Joshua had to twist God's arm. After all, God already said that he wanted to bring victory to his people. But there was something about the way Joshua, in the midst of the battle, turned to God trusting him for help. Again, here we have these five armies coming against Israel. Things didn't look too good for Joshua and his army, but notice again what Joshua did. 
He didn't run around trying to find other nations to come alongside him. So we're going to make it six against five. He didn't somehow try to bolster the numbers of his army by hiring mercenaries. But rather, he moved forward while praying to the Lord, while looking to God in the face of a great battle. He turned to God, trusting him to somehow give them the victory. And notice Joshua gets pretty specific with the Lord. You know, sometimes we got to be specific with God. He invites us to do that. But Joshua steps out in faith, even asking God to, to stop the sun and the moon in their paths that they might experience a complete victory in that day. I mean, I say talk about calling out to God in faith. I mean, that's bold faith. We might say that's a lot of chutzpah. But that's what he did. He, was, he prayed with great faith. You know, James wrote, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. In fact, I'm reminded this morning that God wants to answer the prayers of his people. And we have to ask ourselves, what do we do when we find our backs up against a wall? What do we do when we find the odds are against us, when it feels like life has turned against us? It's so easy for us to become frozen in our tracks or to begin running around trying to get help from every corner or trying to devise some plan to get ourselves out from under whatever it is. But God's word continually encourages us to, first of all, call out to him, to seek him, to pray in our times of need. Why? Because you see, when God's people pray, he listens and he answers because he's on their side. Second Chronicles 714 says, if my people, God says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. He goes on to say, I will hear from heaven. He hears us. Psalm 9.12 says that God does not ignore the cry of the afflicted. Psalm 72.12, for he will deliver the needy who cry out to him, the afflicted who have no one to help. Jesus said in Mark 11, therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you've received it and it will be yours. I'm, I want to tell us this morning that when God is on our side, we need not face life's difficulties alone. For God has invited us to come to his throne of grace, to, to that place with his mercy and grace to help us in our times of need, to come to him with all of our problems, our fears, our sorrows, our troubles. God invites us to come to him and to call out to him. He says, listen, cast all your cares on me for I care for you. Oh, I want to remind us today that we serve a God who hears us when we pray, who listens to the cries of his people, who responds to the prayers of his people, for he's a God who's on our side. And so, listen, whatever you find yourself facing this morning, I want to encourage you to, first of all, turn to God, to cry out to him, to ask him in faith, knowing, believing that he's on your side. The second thing we find here in this chapter is that when God's on our side, battles are won and miracles take place. That is, God will intervene on behalf of his people. For as Joshua prayed and went forward in the name of the Lord, he moved forward in faith and noticed what God did. For one, now we might want to just first jump to like the hailstones and stuff, but I want us to notice verse 8. Because in verse 8, God, first of all, brings a word of encouragement to Joshua. Because I believe God knew that, first of all, Joshua needed to know that he, that God would be with him. Again, he needed to bolster his faith. 
And so God speaks to Joshua and says to him once again, basically, listen, don't be afraid. For, hey, I'm with you. I'm going to give to you the victory. God, you see, spoke just the right words at just the right time to give Joshua that little extra push he may have needed at that time. It reminds me very much of 2 Kings 19. If you know the story, Elijah, after having won a great battle, now is, is in a cave. And he's depressed. He's despondent. He's in despair. He even talks about being dead. And God comes to him to speak to him, not in thunder and lightning, not in an earthquake, not in fire, but in a still, small voice, in a small whisper. And what does he do? He comes along and he encourages Elijah and speaks to him a word of hope. Aren't you thankful for the times that God steps into our lives with a word of encouragement, with a word of hope? Have you ever had God do that for you at just the right time? I have. Just when you're about to say, I, God, I can't do this anymore. Somehow through his word and in prayer, that still small voice, whatever it is, God comes and he speaks to us in the deepest part of our being. Say, I'm with you. I'm going to help you. Don't give up. Don't despair, whatever it is. You see, as we turn to God with our fears and doubts, as we reach out to God in the midst of our problems, God, by his spirit and through his word, I believe he will be faithful to speak a word of encouragement to us, to speak to our hearts, to lead us, instruct us, build our faith. He says time and again to his people. He says time and again to us. Listen, don't be afraid. I'll be with you. I'm on your side. And then God, we see how he stepped in to bring victory. It says in verse 10 that the Lord threw the enemy into confusion. You see, Joshua, Joshua, they came by night and they kind of he kind of set up this surprise attack. Who knew if it was going to work or not? But it says that God created a huge confusion in the enemy's camp. That the Lord did it. And verse 11 then says that the Lord hurled large hailstones down from heaven or from the sky. It must have felt to the enemy as if their own gods had maybe turned against them. But more than that, they, they sensed this was an attack from heaven. Can you imagine large hailstones just bombarding you? And it says here in the Bible that more people died from those hailstones. I don't think they were like the little like pebble ones. You know, I think, I mean, I mean, so many people died from them. They had to be huge hailstones. And then verse 13 says the Lord stopped the sun and the moon for a full day. And listen, we're not quite sure how it happened. Even the translation of some of these words are a bit unclear, but we know this. Somehow God worked a miracle in nature to give the Israelites the time they needed to win the battle. So it wouldn't be like a halfway battle and it's nighttime and now we've got to go, go back to our tents and we'll continue in the morning. But God worked a miracle of nature to help them win the battle and probably scare the enemy to death, right? And verse 14 says this, the Lord was fighting for Israel. The Lord was fighting for Israel. God worked on behalf of his people. He intervened to bring them the success they needed. He worked miracle upon miracle on their behalf to give them the victory he wanted them to have. You see, God was on their side. Now, just notice something quickly here, that God worked in a mighty way on behalf of his people. But notice Joshua and the people, they had to do their part as well. They couldn't just sit on the hillside and say, God, come on, you, you beat them up and we're just going to sit here. But they had to do their part. 
They had to engage in the battle themselves. And I'm reminded we don't just pray and then sit back and wait for God to do something about it. But we work in conjunction with God, knowing that as we do our part, as small as it may be, God will do his part, going far beyond who we are, or what we can do on our own. And so we step into the water and God rolls those waters back. We pick up a sling and launch a small stone and God causes that stone to take down the giant. We give him our loaves and our fishes, and he multiplies them to feed 5,000. We share the gospel, and God saves the soul. We pray and serve and give, and God takes it all and uses it to build his kingdom, doing some things that are way, way beyond our abilities. You see, we're reminded this morning that with God on our side, yes, we do our part, our small part, but God steps in and battles are won and miracles take place. For God has the power to overcome all things. Do you believe that? He has the power to create hailstones that are more powerful than a nuclear warhead. He has the power to stop the sun in its tracks or maybe stop the earth from spinning and keep gravity in place. He has the power to send down angels to fight on behalf of his children. He has the power to raise the dead. He has the power to send the enemy running. God has the power to heal your body. He has the power to restore your broken relationship. He has the power to bring about justice in your life. God has the power to work that miracle that you so desperately need today. He has the power to fulfill his plans and his promises in your life and in mine. And should it be God's will for you or, or me to go through some pain or difficulty, maybe even, put, even to the point of death, God will be there to strengthen us that we might not fail in our faith. Listen, God is on your side. And so what miracles do you need from God today? What battle do you need won? What do you need God to do in your life in order to come into the fullness of his blessing, in order to live out the life that you know God has called you to live? Oh, you can know today that if you have God on your side, you can expect God to step into your life, to intervene in your life, to even work in some miraculous ways and help you win some incredible battles. And finally, this morning, with God on your side, the promises of God are fulfilled. The promises of God are fulfilled. That is, God will fulfill his word. It says over in chapter 11, Verse 23, it says this. So Joshua, so Joshua took the whole land according to all that the Lord had spoken to Moses. And Joshua gave it for an inheritance to Israel according to their tribal allotments. And the land had rest from war. Notice, so Joshua took the whole land according to all that the Lord had spoken or promised to Moses. You see, as one reads through the rest of chapters 10 and 11, we read of how Joshua and the Israelites, they moved on to capture not only the central parts of the land, but, 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 but then as well the southern parts and the northern parts. And eventually the whole land belonged to God's people. The promise that God had given to his people through Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and then Moses and now through Joshua had become a reality. All that they'd been hoping for and dreaming of for so many years had finally begun to come true. God was showing himself faithful to his word. And I want to tell us this morning, God does not disappoint those who trust in him and who live for him. People may go back on their word. You may have experienced the disappointment of a friend or loved one breaking a promise to you. 
But I want you to know God never backs out on his word. He is a God who is faithful all the way to the end. You see, that's why the Apostle Paul could write in 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my brothers, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Your labor in the Lord is not in vain. You see, all that God has promised us will one day come to pass. Those who serve him will one day experience the joys and the pleasures of heaven. Those who are faithful and endure to the end, as Jesus says, will one day experience the reward of their salvation. But you see, the promises of God are are not just about heaven and the life to come. For again, Jesus promises disciples the abundant life. He promised the outpouring of his Holy Spirit and the Spirit-filled life. He promised that we would be endued with great power and given gifts, that we might do great things for the sake of his kingdom. He promised us a life of purpose and fruitfulness that brings a return of blessing. And if we would but trust God with our lives, we will find that he will be faithful to fulfill all of his promises to us. For God does not disappoint those who serve him nor those who trust in him. After all the promises of God, they are still yes and amen in Christ Jesus our Lord. For after all, God is still on our side. Do you believe that this morning? They are yes and amen in Christ Jesus our Lord. Thank you. And so I want to tell you this morning, if you belong to God through faith in his son Jesus Christ, you can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God is on your side. Chris, God is on your side. That means he'll hear you when you pray. It means he will intervene in your life. He'll fight on your behalf if he needs to. God will fulfill the promises of his word. And so as you and I face the difficulties that life will bring our way, as we face obstacles that stand in our way, as we even face all-out attacks, the all-out attacks of an enemy who would want to push us out of the land, who would want to hinder us from experiencing all that God has for us. We need not give in to discouragement. We need not turn back in fear. We need not cave into the pressures that come upon us. We need not give up nor give in. After all, God is on our side. As the Apostle Paul wrote in Romans chapter 8, what then shall we say in response to all these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for us, who can be against us? For he who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Listen, as we come to this communion table today, we're reminded of the cross. We're brought to the foot of the cross. And that cross is the greatest reminder. It's the greatest, greatest symbol of the fact that God is on our side. This communion table reminds us that God is on our side. For you see, it was at the cross of Jesus Christ that God demonstrated his great love for us. It was at the cross that God let us know that he was and he is on our side, that he, 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 he was doing everything he could to draw us back to himself, 
that we might, might be saved, that we might have every sin washed away, that we might have old things, old things pass away, and all things might become new, that we might begin to experience the life that God intended for us, a life, a life of, of, that's just filled with His Spirit and abundance and fruitfulness and purpose, the eternal life of God. And all we need to do, all you need to do, I need to do, is respond in faith. We don't have to work harder. We don't have to become more religious. We don't have to go through a lot of rituals and so forth. All we need to do is respond in faith, trusting Him with our lives, following Him and living as He'd have us live. And as we do, He'll be with us to care for us, to lead us, to help us, to fulfill His promises to us. So this morning, as we come to this Lord's table, as we look at the cross, we're reminded that we have a God who's surely on our side. God who's still on our side. A God who wants to work in the lives of his people. And today, if you've not yet given your life to God through faith in his son, Jesus, whether you're here in the sanctuary, you're online with us, I want to encourage you to reach out to God in faith. You're saying, God, I trust you with my life. I put my faith in what you've done for me through, through, through the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I give myself to following you. And if you'll just pray a simple prayer like that, listen, God is going to come by his spirit into your life. Jesus is going to begin to work in your life. And you're going to begin to sense the very presence of God walking with you and talking with you and helping you, maybe giving to you some victories that are just way beyond what you could ever ask for or imagine. And maybe you're here today and you have a great need in your life, or maybe you're in the midst of some great battles. Maybe you're just facing some things. You don't know how you're going to push through them. I want you to know this morning, as we come to this table, God is still on your side. And if you'll trust him with your life, you're going to see him do some amazing things. Will you pray with me? So, Father in heaven, we thank you this morning. We thank you this morning for your word that reminds us that you're a God who is truly on the side of his people. A God who's there to help us through all things. A God who went as far as to give his own son for our salvation, for our eternal life. You did not spare your son, but gave him so willingly and graciously to us. And so, God, we can trust that you will take care of us and give to us all that we have need of. Lord, I pray for maybe someone today who's reaching out to you for the very first time, just, just in their hearts right now, and maybe they're praying a prayer saying, Jesus, I need you to step into my life. God, I put my faith in you through Jesus. God, would you come? Would you touch them, renew them, God? Minister to every need they have. But most of all, let them know what it means to have every sin forgiven. Let them know what it means to be adopted into your household, that today they might be called a child of the living God. And they would know the great hope of eternal life that's ours through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. 
Father, I pray for those who are in need here today. Right now, if you have a need in your life, would you just lift your hand? We want to pray for you right now. Even before we want take this bread and this cup, you have a need in your life. And Karen, we're praying for you. Karen's going for surgery tomorrow. We're praying for Karen this morning, others this morning. Come on, you have a need in your life. You're trusting God. Listen, just remember, God's on your side. He's on your side. Father, I pray right now for every hand being lifted. You see every, every single person in need this morning. God, I pray that as you stepped into that moment there for Joshua and the armies of Israel and you did some miraculous things for them, God, that you would do the same in our lives, God, that you would work miracle after miracle, that we would see your hand at work, that we would sense the ministry of your Holy Spirit to bring healing, to bring newness of life, to restore hearts and minds, to restore relationships, God. God, I pray this morning for miracles to take place as we come to the foot of the cross that, that, that the work of Christ will be very evident in our lives as you come alongside of your people and to meet every need that we have. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I'm going to ask those who are going to serve.